Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I'm your host, and today is part three of a three-part series that I'm doing on communication. Okay, so communication is the lifeblood of relationships, and I wanted to devote, you know, a series of podcasts to help you learn how to communicate in a way that can create healthy connections and create sustainable relationships. And today is part three. Now, if you haven't heard part one and two, you should listen to them. But if you haven't, that's okay. This is a standalone kind of thing. You don't need those two to understand what we're going to talk about today. But it would probably be helpful. Now, just to summarize very, very quickly. In the first episode, I believe it was episode 19 uh, on communication. It was all about let's get naked. Okay? And that's a kind of a euphemism for being an honest, open, transparent person. We talked a lot about everybody wanting an authentic relationship and to have an open, honest interaction with another human being. But most of us don't know really what that means. And so we had a conversation about these two choices that we have with anybody in our lives, but certainly with people we're wanting to be close to or intimate with. And that is we can choose to reveal or conceal, right? We can either choose to reveal our inner truth, you know, what's happening in Royville, like what am I thinking and wanting and worried about or what am I? what are my emotions, you know, what are body sensations happening in me, what am I frustrated about? Do I feel lonely, insecure, jealous? Um, you know, am I scared? Am, am I bored? I mean, just it's being a really transparent person means putting your present experience into words. <laughs> it's just communication really is as simple as putting the present moment into words. That's what it means. I'm honest and authentic when I'm revealing what's truly occurring in me. Now, sometimes to say what we're actually thinking or feeling or wanting or worried about or wondering about in a dating or intimate relationship setting is scary because you feel like if you say it, you might get judged or you might be misunderstood or you might get outright rejected. So most of us are, are afraid to reveal our real inner truth. Um, and so we conceal to one degree or another. We withhold, we hide, we present an image. We, I talked about reda- we, we redact ourselves, right? You, know, you can redact an, a document by blacking out certain lines that you don't want anyone to see. So you can show up in a relationship and sort of black out a lot of stuff. I don't want you to see this about me. I don't want you to know this about me. I'm, but you can read this about me. <laughs> this part, I want you to know. That part, I don't want you to know. Right, but when you're doing that, you're you're not going to create a healthy connection because you're just you're faking it, you're pretending, and, and so we talked all about that. And then in part two, 
we talked about that all of that comes from a motivation of fear or trust. Like when, when you're coming from fear, yeah, you conceal in order to control the outcome and you have to calculate what to say and what not to say, right? It's just a, it's a nightmare we're all familiar with it. We all do it all the time, right? We're always concealing and trying to control and figure out what to say and what not to say. But we can come from trust, which is a spiritual leap coming from a place where we feel whole and complete unto ourselves, where we feel like we are already in, an, in a relationship with life itself, that we, we are not loved and accepted, that we are love and we are acceptance. It, it, we're already whole and perfect and complete, right? And we're, when we come from that place of trust, well, then it's so easy to reveal and, and actually have a real relationship. But it can be risky because what you reveal, they might not like. But then again, we said that when you're really coming from trust and you really know that you're, 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 you're connected to the ground of being, that you're one with life, like what is there really to risk, right? Can anybody really hurt you when you feel like you're already married to life and you're already loved and accepted, what does it matter if that person doesn't want to go out with you? It, it, it kind of puts it in perspective. It's like, I'm connected to the universe and you don't like me? Okay, whatever, right? So there's a freedom there. So that was part one and part two. Now, this episode, the title is Learning to Speak Unarguably. And I joke by saying, this is a podcast where I want to learn to teach you how to talk, because most of us don't know how to talk. I don't care if you know English or not. That doesn't mean you know how to talk. Meaning, when I say talk, I mean, do you know how to talk in a way to instantly end conflict and drama and disagreement and create clarity and connection and maybe communion? Right? All of us know how to talk to create drama. (laughs) We'll describe it in a minute. But we're good at that. But most of us have not mastered the technique I'm going to teach you today, a technique on how to talk in a way that is going to be able to end conflict and drama and arguments and disagreements. And, and, and this is going to apply to any relationship in your life. This, this technique can be used with your kids, with your parents, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your boss, with, with anybody, and with a loved one, with, a, with an intimate one, and with a partner, you know, especially. But this is a technique on just how not to be in drama in your life. Now, the funny thing is, there are times when we want drama. <laughs> drama can be very exciting. It's sort of addictive. Um, there's an adrenaline rush to it. I mean, watch TV, watch, watch cable news. Watch any movie, any sitcom. It's all drama, right? It's all some sort of conflict or argument or misunderstanding, and people are arguing who's right and who's wrong, and you're good. No, you're no, you're good, and you're evil. No, you're evil, and I'm good, and right. So there's something really interesting about drama. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't watch all that stuff on television. We wouldn't go to the movies and see Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is the hero. And then, of course, the the the, the, the damsel is the girl and, and the green goblin is the villain. And they, they have all this interaction, all this drama, 
you know, and it's kind of fun to watch. And sometimes when that stuff happens in our lives, you know, there's victims and villains and rescuers and um, that stuff can be pretty exciting sometimes. So there are times when you will master this technique on how to end conflict and drama and you're going to be like, I don't want to use it. I want to argue. I want to be right. I want drama. I do it all the time. It's okay. It's okay to suffer. (laughs) It's okay if you want to have arguments and you want to have drama. And trust me, sometimes, even when you know how to get out of it, you're like, I'm not going to, I don't want to. That's fine. But at least what I'm going to teach you is I'm going to give you a tool that you can have on your tool belt that at any time you want to end drama and conflict and make a connection, create clarity and understanding you will have it to use if you want to use it, right? But again, sometimes you won't want to use it, and that's totally okay. But most of us, though, we don't even have that tool. We just feel like the only way to get out of drama is to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. It's like to win the argument. That's the only way to end this problem is I've got to prove to you that you're an idiot and you're wrong and I'm right and the way the world should be is the way I say and the way you say the world should be is totally wrong and ridiculous, right? It's like in politics, the only way I think that the way the world views politics, the only way to create any harmony is if one side completely destroys the other side, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it proves them, you know, your opinions and your beliefs and your platform is all wrong and now everybody knows it and we destroy you and we're the only ones left, right? And each side feels that way <laughs> and they're always trying to attack each other. So I think that's the normal way we think about how you can end a drama is just to win the argument, make the other person just say, I quit, I give, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm bad, you're right, you know, and then it, but that really never ends drama. It just buries it for a while and then it comes around again, okay? But on the off chance that you might want to end drama sometime (laughs) and create, you know, communion and harmony and clarity and understanding, you need to have the tool on your tool belt because if you don't know how to do it, then the only option you have is to try to minimize drama. And this, unfortunately, is what most of the relationship advice is out there. They are always telling you how to learn conflict resolution, meaning, okay, you're going to have the conflict. So now let's try to mitigate it. Let's try to limit it. Let's try to maybe resolve something. They're never talking about how to end the conflict in the first place. How how to get to the root and not have conflict. Because believe it or not, you can actually live in this world and not have drama. You don't need to learn how to deal with drama because it's going to happen. You can actually learn how to not have drama. How to not not have conflict. Okay, That might be mind-blowing to you. The idea that you could actually not have drama. Either within yourself or with another human being. But it is possible. And the only way to that is you have to You have to know how to use the tool that I'm going to teach you. Okay? Does that make sense? All right. Great. Now, speaking the unarguable truth is the name of the tool. It's learning to speak in a way that nobody could argue with it. If you never say something that's arguable, then you could never have an argument. Does that make sense? 
if I never say something that you or anyone else could disagree with, then we would never have a disagreement. Think about that. The only reason you have an argument is because somebody said something that someone could argue with. The only time you ever have a disagreement is because somebody said something that you could disagree with. But if you learn to speak the unarguable truth, nobody can argue with you. Nobody can disagree with you. Because it's by definition unarguable. It's undisagreeable. Now, once you learn, there's there's two dimensions of this now. Now stick with me here. There's two dimensions. Before you can speak the unarguable truth, before you can use this tool, before you can share the unargue, your, your unarguable truth, you have to know what it is. You follow me? You, you have to know what your inner truth is, and then you can decide if you want to speak it. So you have to know your unarguable truth, and once you know it, then you can decide, okay, I'm going to speak it or I'm not going to speak it. Okay? So what is your unarguable truth? Well, we've been sort of hinting at it all through the series. What are the only things that are really unarguable? What are the only things that nobody could argue or disagree with? Well, there's only four of them. And they're all things going on inside of you. Nobody can argue with your body sensations. Nobody can argue with your emotion. Nobody can argue with what you're thinking. You have a thought. You're thinking something. Nobody can argue with that. I mean, you're thinking it. And nobody can argue with something that you want. Those are the only four things in life that are truly unarguable. (laughs) Everything else is arguable. (laughs) But those four things are significant. And once you learn this technique and how to speak about those four things, you're going to see unbelievable transformations in the way you connect with people and the depth of your relationships and the harmony that it's created. But speaking the unarguable truth is just about speaking those four things. Okay? So let me let, let me let me just describe a little bit about what I mean, right? Um body sensations. Um you know um body sensations are like I'm finding it hard to breathe or um my stomach is in knots. Um, maybe, maybe we should back up and let me, let me, let me say it this way. Um, let me change the order. Okay. Um, let's start with thoughts. Okay. The first thing that is unarguable is what you're thinking about. And that includes things you're picturing or imagining or remembering. You know, if you say I'm having the thought that I want a chocolate shake from Dairy Queen, you know, that would taste amazing right now. Who could argue with that? I mean, that's what you're thinking, isn't it? Therefore, it's unarguable. Here's another example. If you say to your partner, I'm having the thought that you don't love me anymore. 
That might not be true. They might, in fact, still love you. But what's unarguable is that you're having that thought. Do you see the distinction? There's a big difference between having a thought and being right about it. So here's one of the first points I want to make. Speaking unarguably is not about being right. It's about being real. You're being real about your inner reality, your inner truth. You're not trying to be right about something. So we all have opinions and judgments and stories and beliefs, likes and dislikes. That's not a problem. They don't cause drama. They don't cause conflict or arguments in and of themselves. What causes drama is wanting to be right about them. Drama happens when we confuse our stories, opinions, or beliefs for facts or for capital T, truth. When we are right, that means others are wrong, and that's what causes drama and conflict. You follow me? Now, the second thing that is unarguable are the physical sensations occurring in our body. For example, if you said, when I hear that you think I don't love you anymore, I notice heaviness in my chest and I'm finding it hard to breathe. Can your partner argue with that? Of course not. It's unarguable. Like when I hear you say that you think I don't love you anymore, I notice over here in my body that there's a heaviness on my chest and I feel kind of hard to breathe. Nobody can say your chest doesn't feel heavy and you're not having a hard time breathing. That would be insane, right? It's unarguable because you're just reporting your body sensations. Okay. The third thing is that is unarguable are the feelings or emotions that you are experiencing in any moment. Right? Let's go back to our example. When I hear that you think I don't love you anymore, I notice a heaviness in my chest and I'm finding it hard to breathe. I feel really sad. Can anybody disagree with that? <laughs> Can anybody say you don't feel sad? Right? That, 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 wouldn't, that would be psychotic, right? You're reporting that you feel sad after hearing something. Nobody can say, no, you don't, right? It's unarguable. The final thing that is unarguable are our wants. We all have desires and needs and wishes and wants, right? We may or may not be able to get what we want, but, but what's unarguable is that we want it. You follow me? Again, in our example, this is how it would look. When I hear that you think I don't love you anymore, I notice a heaviness in my chest and I'm finding it hard to breathe. I feel really sad and I want to know what I'm doing that makes you feel that way. That is speaking unarguably. Believe it or not, if you commit to speaking that way by revealing your thoughts, your body sensations, your feelings and wants, not only will you end drama, but you will experience a level of aliveness and clarity and authenticity that you never imagined possible. So speaking unarguably is basically checking in with yourself. What are my thoughts? What are my body sensations and emotions and wants? Like what's happening in Royville? Right? You can't speak unarguably until you know the unarguable truth that's going on inside of you. Once you know it, you can decide to share it or you cannot. I mean, you can, you, you, you can choose. 
but you, you certainly can't speak the unarguable truth if you don't know what it is. So that's the hard part, believe it or not. The hard part is being present with yourself. Like being able to answer the question, what's here now? What's here like right now? As you're speaking to me or as I'm on this date and you're talking to me, as I'm in a work meeting, as I'm listening to my friend tell me about an experience they had with their kids or something, what's, what's, ha- what's here now? What's going on inside of me? And once you know what that is, then you could decide to share that with someone. And when you do share it, you're going to create connection. You won't create drama. If you decide to share all the, the, your stories and your, your, your beliefs and your judgments and you come off from a place of, I'm right about my stories, I'm right about my thoughts. Like, I, I'm thinking that you don't love me anymore. That's one thing. That's, that's speaking something that's unarguable. If you say, no, I'm right about that. You don't love me anymore because you did this and you did this, you did this. Now you, now you're not saying things that are arguable are unarguable. Now you're speaking arguably because all that stuff, all the reasons you're giving, there's a good chance that person's going to say, well, you misunderstood that. That's not what I meant when I did that. Just because I went out with my girlfriends the other night and stopped for a drink after work. That doesn't mean I don't love you. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So what's unarguable is that you feel like your partner doesn't love you anymore. But if you start going into all the reasons and listen, chances are you're going to say things that are arguable because they're going to be your beliefs and your interpretations and all that stuff. And then you're going to get into a big argument. Okay. All right. So does that, you might not see the, the you might not see how this plays out. Right. You, you might think like, all right, like speaking the honorable truth. Uh, what does that have to do with the price of eggs in China? I mean, like, how does this flesh itself out? How does, how does it work? Like you say it ends drama. I don't even sort of get it. And who could walk around talking about their thoughts and body sensations and emotions and, and wants? Um, well, you can, I can, anytime you want to be close to someone, you can, or you can walk around telling them all of your stories and beliefs and judgments and, and things you believe are facts and how you're right about stuff. I mean, we're always talking about something. So if you want to create drama, you can talk about that stuff. If you want to create connection and authenticity, you can talk about what's really happening inside of you. Okay? But I'm going to go further than that. I am going to share a story with you. It's a true story um, of a client of mine who had an actual, most of my clients are single, but sometimes I work with someone who is dating someone. Um, Sometimes they might even be married. This person was just dating this person. They were fairly early in their relationship, maybe a couple of months. Um, So this is a real story. I've gotten permission to share it, although I've changed the names. Okay. Um, This story appears in my book, Relationship Bootcamp. And for the most part, I'm going to read it to you the way I wrote it in the book. Because I spent about three weeks trying to put this together in a way that would make sense to you and help make the point I want to make. And so I don't think that I could do better 
than what I did when I spent all that time writing it. I do these podcasts. I'm just speaking. I have no notes when I do a podcast. Zero. I mean, I'm just sitting here talking to you. Um, so it's totally on the fly. Um, but when I'm telling this story here, as a way to illustrate when you speak from fear and you don't speak the unarguable truth, what that looks like and how it turns out, because that's what happened. This couple, they had an issue come up between them and it turned into a big drama, a big fight and a big problem because they they did it in a certain way. And then I'm going to I'm, I'm going to tell the story to you again as if they both knew how to speak unarguably and were choosing to use that technique instead. Okay, My client has learned how to do that and now she is doing that and she's not having drama in her life anymore like the way she used to. But this story is before she really knew how to do this. She was telling me this is what we coached about. This is what happened between her and her boyfriend. And we use this example to then talk about the unarguable truth and how to stop drama and create connection. Okay. So the first story is what actually happened. The second story is me making up how it could have gone if she knew. Okay. So, all right, here we go. Tammy, a former client of mine had been dating Phil for a couple months and things were going great. She was crazy about him, and from what I could tell, he was crazy about her too. But she was withholding from him. And she knew that if she didn't get naked and reveal her inner truth, this relationship would fall apart like all her other relationships had. The backstory was that Tammy had hired a headhunter to help her find a new job. She told Phil, her boyfriend, about that, of course. But what she left out was that she had previously dated the guy for about a year. She had dated her headhunter for about a year. She didn't tell him that part. While that was a long time ago and she didn't have any romantic interest in him, Tammy did respect the guy professionally. And since they knew each other so well, she thought he would be an ideal person to help her with her job search. Right? You get the scenario here? She's recognizing I left out a big piece. <laughs> I'm hiring a headhunter, honey, to help me find a you know a new job, a better job, but I'm leaving out the part that it's a guy I dated for a year. <laughs> you know, so she recognizes that she's withholding that. So Tammy knew, however, that if she wanted to truly relate with Phil and not play games, she would need to take the risk of revealing everything to him. They were in the kitchen together, and here's how the conversation went. Tammy. There's something I haven't told you about my headhunter, Phil, and it's really bothering me. In past relationships, I often withheld things that I thought might upset my partner, but I, I want us to be truly honest with each other, and I haven't been. Phil says, okay, what is it? Tammy says, a number of years ago, I dated him, the headhunter. We were together for about a year. I don't have any romantic interest in him whatsoever, but he's good at his job and I thought he might be able to help me. What? That's bullshit. There are plenty of headhunters in the world. Why would you choose someone you slept with? You know he wants to fuck you and you get off on male attention. Don't give me some bullshit that you're just friends. It's more than that and you know it. Tammy's response, 
He doesn't want to have sex, and we are just friends. I can't believe you're so jealous. There's nothing going on, and who are you to talk anyway? You go to bars with your buddies all the time, and I know how many women friends you have. I've seen how they look at you. I've seen how you flirt with them. If anyone needs attention, it's you, not me. Phil says, I'm not jealous, and don't you dare turn this around and make it be about me. This is about you and how naive and needy you are. He wants you, and I think you know it, and you get off on it. I can't trust you because one man will never be enough for you. You'll always need some other guy hitting on you. Tammy says, I knew I should not have told you this. You're so insecure and jealous. Why do I even bother? And at this point, she storms out of the room and locks herself in the bedroom. Well, that story got out of hand in a hurry, didn't it? (laughs) And I'm guessing you're surprised by that. You know, when Tammy chose to reveal rather than conceal, you probably expected a beautiful moment to occur between them, didn't you? But in fact, the opposite happened. So perhaps their interaction leaves you scratching your head wondering, does honesty and and openness in fact lead to drama and conflict? As I've suspected all along? Yes, it does. If you don't know how to speak unarguably. Okay? So there's the first story. That's what happened between them. She tried to open up and be honest about something she withheld. He obviously got triggered. And he started saying, if you go back and listen to that, he said all kinds of things that are very arguable He was not speaking anything that was about going on inside of him. He wanted to be right. He was accusing. And she got drawn into it. She did not speak the unarguable truth. She got triggered herself. She got defensive. And she started to accuse him. And they were both arguing about who was right and who was wrong, about who's needy and who needs attention and who this and who that. Can you relate to that? <laughs> You've probably had that argument with, in some way, or shape, or form a million times in your life, haven't you? Come on, be honest now. I know I have. I mean, the names may change, the topic might change, but somebody says something and somebody gets triggered and they go off and they're trying to tell you that you're wrong and then you get defensive and you want to say, don't you make it be about me, you did this, and then you're going back and forth arguing about who's right and who's wrong and it just blows up and you end up disconnected, maybe ending a friendship or ending a relationship or having to quit your job or whatever. Right, So I would encourage you to go back and listen to me read that again or pick up the book so you can read it for yourself because you really need to look at that because it is a, a, it's an, the anatomy of a common everyday drama argument. It's just the way it goes. Okay? Now, we've already talked about What does it mean to speak unarguably? They didn't do it at all. I mean, she started out good, right? She started out saying, you know what? I've withheld something from you. I don't want to relate that way. I don't want to do that. I've done that in the past. That's been a pattern of mine. I don't want to be like that. 
So I'm going to come clean about something that I withheld. I'm afraid, you know, I've been afraid in the past. It's going to upset my partner. So I don't say anything and I withhold it. But my relationships never work out because they're secrets, right? So she's like, I don't want to do that with you. I've withheld something. Here it is, right? Great. And there, from there, it just goes downhill, <laughs> which we all can relate to, all right? Now, again, to speak unarguably means you're never going to say something that a person could argue with. So when they told each other, you're jealous and you need attention from men. That's arguable. I mean, because she argued with it, <laughs> right? And, you know, he wants to have sex with you. That's arguable. You don't know that. You might be right. You might not be, right? So they said all kinds of things that you could disagree with. They said all kinds of things that you could argue with. And that's what happened. They argued and they disagreed and they ended up, you know, going into separate corners. You know, she went in the bedroom and slammed the door. The night's over, right? And they didn't sleep together that night. He stayed on the couch. They were separate for a couple of days, okay? Now, there's a whole different way that thing could have went. And it would have been if both of them not only knew how to speak unarguably, but actually chose to do it in the moment. That's the hard part, folks. When you get triggered by something, when somebody hurts your feelings, when you're upset by something, ooh, the ego wants to fight back, right? You want to get defensive. You want to be right. It's so hard in the moment when when a conflict comes, when something happens, an issue raises, because that's true. You're always going to have issues with people. When I said that you can live without drama, I didn't mean that you'll you'll never have an issue. You'll never have a challenge. What I mean is, it doesn't have to turn into drama like I just read. But when two human beings are on the face of the earth, you're going to bump into each other. You're, you're going to have issues. You're going to have things to talk about. You're going to have some real challenges. Okay? But it doesn't have to become drama and conflict and then the ending of a relationship or something like that. It can be nipped in the bud and you can create understanding and connection around the issue immediately. And that's what we're going to see, right? But it starts, can you be present with yourself? Can you in any moment stop and ask yourself, what's here now? What is unarguably in my present experience? What am I thinking? What's my emotion? What are my body sensations? What do I want? What's my inner truth? You can't go anywhere unless you're good at that. And when I have a client, their first homework assignment is to do that kind of check-in at least once every day. At least once every day, my clients have to stop for just 10 seconds and say, what body sensations do I have right now? could be at a stoplight. It could be anywhere. could be when they're doing the dishes. I don't know. What are my body sensations right now? What is my current emotional experience? What are my thoughts? What, the, what is that voice in my head talking about right now? And is there something that I want? You do that over and over and over again, and you get good at it. You get good at being present. You get good at being, like knowing your 
unarguable truth. You get good at knowing your authentic reality. You get good at knowing what's happening in Royville because you're paying attention to yourself. You're turning your attention on you and inside of you and you're noticing, you're witnessing what's going on inside of you. And once you know that, now you have that tool to speak with someone else anytime that you want. And, And when you speak it, nobody can argue with it. You're going to create understanding and connection and communion because you're revealing yourself. Okay? So, with all of that, I hope I've laid a nice foundation for you to um, hear me read what I call Tammy and Phil 2.0. <laughs> okay? So, I want to return to that whole situation with Tammy. Only this time, and Phil, I, only this time, I, I want, let's imagine that they've both learned to speak unarguably. Here's how the conversation in the kitchen could have went. Tammy, there's something I haven't told you about my headhunter, and it's really bothering me. In past relationships, I often withheld things that I thought might upset my partner, but I want us to be truly honest with each other, and I haven't been. So that's the same as in the other one. Right, She was right on, on track there, being honest and truthful about something. Okay, So that's what she said in, 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 this re, in this revised version. She still says that. Here's where things change. Phil, okay, I noticed my stomach just tightened up and I feel scared. Phil takes a second to be with his experience by putting his hand on his stomach and breathing into the tightness. Tammy says, I notice a tingling sensation all over my body when I see you honor your experience like that. Tammy notices Phil seems to be ready to receive what she has to say, and she continues, Phil, a number of years ago, I dated my headhunter. We were together for about a year. I don't have any romantic interest in him whatsoever, but he's good at his job and I thought he might be able to help me. Phil, after taking a moment to breathe and check in with himself, Phil responds, Wow, I'm triggered. I can feel heat in my shoulders and neck. I feel really angry that you've withheld that from me. Phil shrugs his shoulders a number of times and rolls his head around in circles. Then he takes a deep breath and lets out a very loud, angry scream. Once he feels his anger release, he continues. Tammy, I'm making up the story that you still have feelings for him and that I'm not enough for you. I feel a heavy pressure in my chest as I say that, and I'm really scared about our relationship. Tammy. She places her hands on her heart as her eyes fill with tears. Phil, I feel so sad right now. I take complete responsibility for withholding from you, and I totally understand your anger and your thought that I have feelings for him. Truthfully, though, I don't. But what is true is that I thought you'd get jealous and perhaps even leave me if you knew I wanted to reach out to an old boyfriend 
for career advice. I see that I was trying to control you, your reaction, and possibly the future of our relationship by withholding from you. I am committed to not doing that anymore. Phil, well, what's true about me is that I can be jealous and insecure, and you've seen that in me before. So I take complete responsibility for creating an environment where you might be afraid to be honest with me. And I feel an openness in my chest right now in admitting that to you. Tammy, there's something that I want. Actually, it's more of a request. Would you be willing to fill me in on everything you're doing and talking about with your headhunter, including any romantic feelings or exchanges that might occur? Tammy, yes, absolutely. And know that you are enough for me. And at this point, she grabs Phil's hand and takes him to the bedroom. And it I'm choking up in my own fucking writing, okay? (laughs) Because that is the way it could have gone. Do Do you see the difference there? That they each were checking in all along the way. They never got into you this and you that and never tried to be right. They simply heard what the other person said They felt it in their body. They reported what came up for them. They spoke what they were thinking. They made a request. And at the end, they could have gone and made wild love and passionate sex together instead of spending two or three days apart. If only they had learned how to speak unarguably. Right? Right in the very beginning there, folks. Right in the very beginning. When Tammy says, I've been withholding. Instead of Phil saying, okay, what is it? Phil is present with himself. Because he knows how to use the... He knows how to how to do a check-in. He knows how to pay attention to his inner truth. And instead of saying, okay, yeah, what is it? He says, okay, I noticed my stomach just got tightened. And I feel scared. And he puts his hand on his stomach and just breathes for a moment into that tight feeling in his stomach. Do you see the difference there between, okay, what is it? Because in both situations, he's triggered. Do you see that? When he said, okay, what is it? He is scared. His stomach did tighten up, but he bypassed all that. He just said, okay, what is it? He didn't, he didn't report to her. When you just said that, here's what happens in Phil land. My stomach just got tight and I'm scared. Most of us guys are, you know, we too fucking macho to tell a woman, I'm scared. But it's the truth. If it is true, it's true. And, and in the second version here, Phil is beyond all that macho bullshit. And he's noticing his body and he's reporting to her as she's telling him, I've withheld something from you. And he's like, oh my God, I can feel out of my body. I'm scared. And he's honoring his experience. He's breathing. He's touching it. And now that touches Tammy. Like, look at, look at how present you're being. Look at how honest you're being with me about when you hear me say I've withheld something. And she's like, oh my God, I notice a tingling sensation all over my body when I see you honor your experience like that. 
And then it says she waits for a moment to see if Phil is ready to hear what's next because he's he's feeling that feeling. He's feeling a scaredness. And then she goes on, right? And and she says that. And then Phil, when he finds out like what it is, it's not like Phil's, oh, it's okay. I'm not angry. No, that's not what being unarguable is. He is angry. He is scared. And he tells her, I'm triggered. I can feel the heat in my shoulders. I can feel all the anger. And he screams, ah, and he screams, not at her. He's just moving that energy in his body. He's just being authentic. He's got that rage in him, right? But he's not blaming her for it. He's not saying, you're a whore, you're a slut, you're going to sleep with him. He's not doing that. But he is revealing his inner truth. He's revealing his anger. And she's not scared by that. Her eyes are filled with tears. She puts her hands on her chest. I feel so sad as... And she said, I take responsibility for withholding. And I understand why you're angry. It makes perfect sense to me. But then Phil has the ability to say, I know you think you withheld that from me because I would, I'm insecure and I might get jealous and I might get angry. And, and he doesn't get defensive about that. He says, you know what? I have been that way in the past. So I totally get why you would withhold this from me. Right? So he's not making her wrong for withholding. He's taken his part of the responsibility for he's with a woman who's afraid to tell him the truth. Well, he's responsible for that, as she is also. But Phil's Phil's present enough to say, what have I done to create an atmosphere in which she might be afraid to tell me the truth? And, right, you see what I'm saying there? And so she was also taking responsibility. Like, I'm afraid you couldn't handle it, so I didn't share it, but that's on me. She wasn't blaming him. She was just telling him why she didn't share it. And he was owning up that, oh, I can see why you didn't. And, you know, I, 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 I have been jealous and insecure in the past, so I get that. But then he's like, no, I don't want that. He says, I'm making a request. Will you talk to me, right? So do you see how different that is? And all that they did was they were both skilled in paying attention to what was happening inside of them, and they were skilled at being able to say it. And it is a skill. You try this on your own for the first time, it's going to feel really, really awkward. Have you ever tried to play the piano? Taking piano lessons? How was it the first time you played scales? Were you Beethoven immediately? No, you sucked, right? It was awkward. Your fingers didn't know what they were doing. You had to think about each individual finger. It's the same way here. This is a skill. It's like learning to play golf or learning to play the piano. It's going to be awkward and uncomfortable and weird at first. But if you practice, if you do your check-ins, if you're regularly saying, what are my thoughts? What are my emotions? What are my body sensations? You know, what What do I want? And you're present with yourself enough and you practice that. And then you take the opportunity to speak that to people and you'll stumble and you might make a fool out of yourself or it might become unclear or weird or other people won't know what you're doing. It'll sound weird because people don't talk that way because people, 
people speak in concealing ways. That's what they're used to. So when you speak in revealing ways, it's going to sound weird to them. But that's on them, right? You don't want to stop speaking your truth because it's unusual for them to hear it, right? They're just going to have to grow up. They're going to have to respond to when they criticize you or say something to you. You're going to say, wow, when I, when I hear you criticize me like that, I feel like I can't breathe right now. I, I, I notice I, I feel I feel anger coming up in me. I have this thought like that's an unfair thing to say. But then again, what I want is for you to tell me more about this because maybe there's something for me to learn in what you're saying. See, that's a whole different thing that if they criticize you, it's like, you know, who are you to criticize me? You're a bitch and no one likes you, right? I mean, <laughs> that's arguable, right? And it's going to turn into an argument. So this is a skill. This is something you need practice with. This is what I coach people about, right? Now, you can get my book and you can read more about all this stuff, okay? You should do that. I mean, the book is really inexpensive. Um, But really to go deeper, to master this kind of thing, um, because you're always going to get triggered by something, right? When I say there's no drama, I don't mean you'll never be triggered. I don't mean you'll never get reactive. I mean, it doesn't have to turn into drama, You can, just like Phil said, I notice I'm triggered right now. It never got into drama because he could notice it and he he knew how to deal with it. He knew how to speak his unarguable truth. And it never became a big argument where they end up fighting with each other and sleeping in separate rooms. Okay? That is what it means to speak the unarguable truth. And that's how it, that's an example of how it could show up and transform a moment of drama into a moment of understanding and clarity. And I want to finish by saying one thing. Just because you learn to speak the unarguable truth doesn't mean that every relationship is going to be healed and put together and be all blissed out. Because your unarguable truth or somebody's unarguable truth to you might be something like Roy, there's like my ex fiance said to me. <laughs> she didn't say it this way, but here's an example of, of how if you spoke unarguably, it doesn't mean you're going to create a connection. It means you create understanding and clarity and harmony. But what if someone says, Roy, I don't love you anymore and I want a divorce? That's unarguable. I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. I can't argue with that. She didn't say you're the worst boyfriend ever and nobody will love you. Oh, I could argue with that one. My mother loves me. (laughs) Right? So if someone speaks the unarguable truth and says, I don't love you anymore, I want a divorce. Well, I think the relationship is probably over. But there's clarity. There's harmony. There's an understanding. It might not be pleasurable, but there's no drama. There, I mean, there's the relationship is going to dissolve. It's going to break up, but there's no confusion. There's no misunderstanding. There's no innuendo. There's no, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think when I got divorced from my first wife, 
I think I was wanting to leave for about 10 years, right? 10 years of drama, whether we argued or not. I didn't want to be there, but I didn't want to leave. I, I wasn't speaking unarguably. I wasn't telling her my, that I wanted to be out. I, I wasn't sharing any of that. I was withholding all that. Keeping on. So we had 10 years of, of kind of a subtle kind of ongoing drama. But there was one moment where I said, I'm having an affair and I want a divorce. Boom. End of drama. Did it make her happy? No. Was I happy? No, because I was having an affair and I wasn't very proud of myself. It's just what I, the way I coped with my goofiness, you know, 20 years ago. But it ended the drama. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it created clarity. It created harmony. It created a, a, a new direction, right? So I don't want you to think that if you learn to speak the unarguable truth that everyone's going to fall in love with you and, and every broken relationship is going to end up being kumbaya. No, not necessarily. But what will happen is the conflict and the drama will end. You just might end up leaving a relationship or breaking something off or moving to a new job or making some sort of change, right? So I just want to clear that up, that this isn't some magic pill to make everybody love you. But it is a magic pill on how to end conflict and drama and create clarity and harmony and, and end disagreements and discord and disconnection, all right? So that's almost everything that I could say about communication in terms of the big principles, the, the big ideas of what it takes to be a conscious communicator. I hope it's helped you. I, I really want to encourage you to follow up with me I would love for you to hire me as your coach to help you master these things, to help apply these principles to your particular situation, because I do know there's a ton of yeah buts, right? When I make these principles and these statements, you're like, yeah, Roy, yeah, but, but what about what about this? Or what about in my situation? Or what about with my family? What about with my husband? Yeah, there are some complexities here. So I'm speaking about general principles of revealing and concealing and speaking from fear or from trust and speaking the unarguable truth versus speaking arguably and so forth. These are the principles that govern conscious relationships, but very often they need to be coached and applied to our individual circumstances. And if you want that, that's what I'm here for. And I hope that happens someday. Well, until next week, appreciate your time. Really appreciate you listening to this podcast. And and I would love if you leave a rating and a review. That really does help with the algorithms. It helps the podcast get noticed by more people. The more people that leave positive rates and reviews. Um, love you to do that. Love you to buy my book. Love you to work with me individually. But most of all, I would love for you to be a revealer and not a concealer because it's the pathway to true happiness in relationships. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. 
Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.